Welcome to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. As you listen to this message, our prayer is that you would be motivated and empowered to follow Christ and lead others to Him. Enjoy. I want to welcome you today to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. As we've been doing the last few weeks, Evangelist Joshua, who's with me now, and who's also my son and colleague in ministry here at our ministry, uh, Evangelist Joshua and I have been working our way through uh, some of the important teachings from his book, Go, Jesus' Last Words, Our First Priority. It's, all, it's a book all about the Great Commission. It's all about missions and evangelism. It's really all about what we've been doing globally for the last 20 years. And uh, these last few podcasts have been really exciting for me. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, they've been fantastic. It's been fun walking through some of the lessons from my book, Go, and uh, just examining the importance that the Great Commission has in all of our lives as believers. Today we're going to keep on making our trek through Josh's book, and as we mentioned before, you can get this book uh, off of Amazon. It's simply titled Go, and it's under Joshua Wagner's author title, and it's a great resource. I would highly recommend it to all Christians who are interested in really um, doing exactly what Jesus told us to do before he left our planet for heaven. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about something really exciting that is mentioned in your book, Josh, and why don't you tell us about that? Well, we've been talking about the importance of the Great Commission and how it was certainly the uh, emphasis that Jesus left us with before he went to heaven. And there are many who... While they recognize the importance of it, maybe they're not practicing it. They don't believe maybe they can do an effective job. And and um, and they think, well, you know, I mean, Jesus, he was a great soul winner because he was the son of God. And yet they discount themselves. Um, I compared in my book to what I call comic book Christianity, sort of this idea that people sometimes when they read scripture, they read it like a comic book. Like these are superheroes who have supernatural strength and it's fiction and yeah, God can use Peter and Paul and John to do these amazing things, but he couldn't really use that use me in that way. And in actuality, that's that's just not true because the same Holy Spirit who lived inside of those early believers lives inside of us. And one of the things that we see in um, the ministry of Jesus, of course, is our fantastic miracles, lots of boldness, certainly sharing the truth of the gospel with uh, lost people. And we can look at Jesus even and think, oh, well, that's Jesus, so certainly he would be having the power and ability and boldness to do those things, but I couldn't. And yet I want us to look at one verse today that is so power, so powerful and always has been one of my favorite verses in the Bible, John 14, 12, where Jesus says, most assuredly I say unto you, the works that I have done, you, speaking to his disciples, he says, you will do also, and even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. Now, this is almost hard to believe because Jesus is actually saying here, the things that I have done, you guys are actually going to exceed. You can do greater works than these. So for somebody who reads Jesus, they say, oh, I can never do that. Well, and actually, in a way, you're right. Um, you should actually, the expectation that Jesus has for you is that you wouldn't just do what Jesus did. You'd actually do greater things than Jesus (laughs) did. 
Now, that's not to say that we are greater than Jesus. Uh, no one is, of course. He's God Almighty. And, you know, the greatest thing that he did is something we'll never be able to do, which is, you know, die for the sins of humanity and rise from the dead. Um, but when it comes to the works that Jesus did, the ministry of Jesus, um, that's something that Jesus, from his very lips, was encouraging all believers to not just strive to match him, but to strive to beat him. And and that can seem to some people almost as like a blasphemous statement. And yet we want to sort of walk through today um, how uh, how awesome, you know, that prospect is in our lives and how actually that can take place in our lives. And so, um, Dad, when, when you consider this verse, how would you say is, is, are maybe some of the ways that we can exceed the <laughs> works that Jesus did? Well, I'll tell you what, Josh, you know, for those of us who are evangelists, uh, it's important for us to have one or two sermons that we can kind of impromptu pull out of our back pockets when we're called to preach unannounced at different places, mm -hmm. which certainly happens more than you than someone might think, especially when we're in, in uh, foreign countries. I know in Acts 14, uh, Paul and Barnabas were, in, were at a, a service in a synagogue and they kind of just went there incognito to just kind of hang out and listen to the service. And the leaders of the synagogue said, hey, you guys got anything that you want to share with the people and, and preach about? And so, sure enough, Paul got up there and gave a great sermon, you know. And so, one of the sermons that I have had in my back pocket for years, so to speak, in situations like that, is a sermon where, it's a very simple three-point sermon, but it's based on this very verse, John 14, 12. And I kind of get up and I can just preach it, you know, with, mm -hmm. without any help at all, almost preaches itself. Uh, and that's kind of what I'll share a little bit with you today. And then I'll share one of these points and I'll ask, you know, you what you think, but, and then we'll kind of go back and forth on this. But the first, the first way that I say, I, I believe, I guess, you know, there are probably more ways than this, but as I look at this verse, when we think about doing greater things in Jesus, because that's what he said we're going to do, how can we do this? Well, um, one of the ways that we can do something greater than Jesus is duration. Mm. Duration. What do I mean by that? Well, Jesus had a ministry of only three years. All right? Um, he, of course, was around 30 when he started his ministry, and, and three years later he was crucified, resurrected, and then ascended back to heaven. So in those three years, he changed the world, literally. And he changed the destinies of everyone who um, puts their trust in him, uh, you know, for all time. So, but in our lives, we can have a much longer ministry than Jesus had. Mm. So, for example, myself, um, last year, I celebrated 30 years mm. in full-time ministry. Uh, the, the first 10 years were as a pastor at some great churches in Canada. And then the last 20 years were in, um, you know, in full-time evangelism, which is what we were doing now. And so, I mean, we can minister a lot longer than Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Yes, in Jesus' three years of ministry, 
He changed the world, changed history, changed eternity, changed our destinies. But we have a much longer, most of us at least, have a much longer time, a duration of time, where we can uh, go out and change the world for That's Jesus, right? right? Yeah. So I've been doing this now for over 30 years in full-time ministry, 20 years in full-time evangelism. You, Josh, have been, I think your first international crusade trip with me was when you were 12. And uh, then, you know, your first crusade, you know, you started preaching when you were a teenager. Yeah, so my I marked the beginning of my ministry uh, sort of as at age 14, which is when I preached my first teens conference, first church services, first crusade, and I'm now 30. And so I've now actually been in ministry longer, or more than half of my life. Right. That uh, just happened uh, this year. And so, uh, yeah, you know, been doing this now sort of for 16 years. So there you have it. You know, I mean, not everyone starts off that young, obviously. I, I certainly didn't either. But I'm just saying that, you know, for those of us who are in full-time ministry or even lay ministry or even part-time ministry, you know, we have a much longer period of time to actually do what Jesus did. And because we have that much longer time, we can, uh, you know, God can use us, you could say, more powerfully or the greater works in Jesus just simply because we have more time to do it, especially with the increases in health and, and that, which globally, but especially in the Western world where many people, many preachers live to be very old mm-hmm. and they're, they're just preaching. You know, it's the whole Moses thing. Like Moses, 120 years old, his eyesight wasn't dim and his strength is not weak. Well, um, there are preachers not living that old now, but you know, Billy Graham, he died in his 90s. Yeah. Uh, T.L. Osborne, who lived in Tulsa uh, up until a few years ago, and he passed away. He was uh, in his 90s. Uh, Kenneth Hagen, very old as well from Tulsa. Oral Roberts. Uh, Oral Roberts as well into his 90s. You know, we've got all these great men of God who, who really are living to ripe old ages. And for the most part, many of them are, are really still ministering and, and, and preaching and speaking on a more limited basis, but right up until they pass away. There's no retirement for the man of God or woman of God. Yeah. Josh, what do you have to say about that? Well, I think it's, it's an excellent point. And, you know, if you're listening today, um, I think that it's just really cool to consider, like, yeah, Jesus didn't start his own ministry until he was 30. Like, some of you listening today, you're you're younger. And, and you may feel like, oh, man, I just graduated college, and I still don't know what I'm going to do, and I don't have this job or that. It's like, man, Jesus didn't even start his own ministry until he was 30, which was super old when in the time frame that he was living because the age, right. uh, the age of the lifespan was right. so different uh, and so much less back then. And, um, and, and you can see, you know, yet Jesus, of course, accomplished so much during his time of just three years of ministry. But, man, how much more, can, how much more? could we do with – decades, you know, exponential amount of time compared to what Jesus had, just three years of, of ministry. You know, most people, you know, after three years of ministry, they're just, they're, they feel like they've just started right. and, and <clears throat> Jesus yeah. was already finished. Mm-hmm. And so absolutely, I think that the duration standpoint is one of the ways that we can uh, certainly fulfill John fourteen twelve. Now, when you're preaching a three-point sermon like this, it's always fun and kind of a good memory device for the people listening. If you can have all three of these points rhyme, 
This is just a good practical tip for all you preachers and aspiring preachers out there. So no problem. We've got all three of these points that actually rhyme. So the first thing is duration, that we can preach mm -hmm. longer than Jesus did. The second thing I'd like to share today is location. First is duration, location. Where did Jesus preach? Right. Well, Israel's a tiny country, and the area around Israel is, and Israel itself is, are the only places where Jesus ever was. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, if my memory serves me right, it, he never traveled more than 50 miles, a radius of more than 50 miles from where he was born. Right. And so <clears throat> you've got this situation where Jesus absolutely is a son of God and almighty God himself and savior of the world. He actually, you know, he did all that mm -hmm. with hardly going anywhere on the planet. Yeah. And the planet wasn't any smaller then than it is now. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, it took longer to go places because you were not using planes, trains, and automobiles. You were using uh, feet and camels and uh you know donkeys boats, donkeys but like jesus hardly went outside of his he didn't go outside of his own country uh, native land really yeah. and yet his ministry impacted the world through yeah. his followers of course mm -hmm. and that's what the great commission is all about so here's another thing that we can do greater than jesus is we can go to many different locations mm -hmm. Then Jesus went. Yeah. And that, I think, is remarkable. You know, now we're in the middle of this uh, global pandemic where travel is <clears throat> very difficult, especially international travel. Obviously, it's just for a short time. Jesus is going to open up these countries again very soon. But for now, um, you know, travel is not, not possible to a lot of these places that we typically go to. Mm -hmm. But normally, I tell people that you can get almost anywhere in the world in two days. Yeah. And we do, don't we, Josh? Yes. <laughs> and so we, uh, so, you know, most of the time, if you count, you know, from the time we leave our house here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to we, when we get to the Crusade City where we're going, which are in remote places. Yes. In remote parts of the world, not just remote countries, mm -hmm. but once we fly to the airport in these countries, oftentimes it's a many, many hour drive to the crusade city because we always want to go to these places that have not had crusades like this before. Mm -hmm. They're the least reached parts of the planet. So these are very remote places. They're off the beaten track where, where typically no Westerner has, has ever gone or has mm -hmm. any reason to go there. But even to those places, within two days, within 48 hours, we can pretty much get to anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah. Not anywhere, but almost anywhere. What do you think, Josh? Well, no, it's, it's true, and you consider, you know, Jesus, I mean, when Jesus was ministering, uh, to get from any place to another was was a real challenge and a real time issue. I mean, we just talked about duration. I mean, how much of Jesus' time was spent walking from one city to the next? Uh, you know, Paul, when he writes to the Romans, you know, he has this vision of, traveling to Rome, and then eventually going on to Spain. Well, for Paul, the very edge of the world at that time was Spain. And and now, of course, you know, to go to Spain, I mean, we could be in Spain in seven hours. That's right. You know, so, so this is something, whereas it would have taken Paul, you know, months to travel to a place like Spain. Um, 
not only the time frame, but even the, the difficulty. I mean, if mm-hmm. you read the book of Acts and you can see where Paul was traveling and how it took uh, not just the time to travel, but I mean, he's, he says that he was shipwrecked. Uh, you know, multiple times that he spent a night and a day in the open sea. We can read in Acts 27, a story of one of his shipwrecks there. And, and like the, you know, in danger from bandits in danger from robbers, just walking to these places, just traveling to these places was highly dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so when you consider that we can travel by airplane and, uh, you know, to all these remote parts of the world and get there in such a short amount of time, Absolutely, the location aspect of this is another way that we can certainly exceed the works of Jesus, as he said in John 14, 12. You know, William Carey, the father of modern-day missions in the late 1800s, God called him from being a Baptist preacher in England to preach in, be a missionary in India. Mm-hmm. And for him, he had to board a, pl- a boat and it had to go all the way around down the southern tip of Africa, all the way over to India. And that took him uh, about six months to get mm-hmm. from England to India. Well, now today, like you were saying before, I mean, now we can get to India in, <clears throat> in about 15 hours if we're flying directly from the U.S. It's an incredible world we live in. Yeah. What once took months now takes mere hours. Yeah. And so there's no excuse for us mm-hmm. not to go into all the world yeah. unless we're on a global lockdown like we are now in many parts of the world. But it's going to lift soon in Jesus' name. But we can go to many more places than Jesus did yeah. and preach to many, many more, uh, of those unreached people about Christ. Amen. A hundred percent. And so we're certainly blessed to live in the day and the time and the age that we do today uh, where the travel is what it is. And not only travel, but I would also say even technology because technology allows us to reach people in places that we could not and Jesus certainly could not have. Mm -hmm. You know, the ability to FaceTime and Zoom call and Skype and even just talk on the phone or text um, with people across the world has allowed us to fulfill the Great Commission in a way that was obviously, uh, you know, <laughs> inconceivable at, at the uh, the time of Christ. The third and final way that I typically preach on this verse is, uh, we've already talked about duration, we talked about location, and now I'm going to talk about population. So there's those three Words ending in Asian that are great rhyming words, good memory devices for people. When Jesus was around uh, in the first century, I, again, I believe that the population was estimated globally to be 300 million people. Hmm. Now we live in a world that has over 7 billion people. Mm-hmm. And so what Jesus did, it was it's amazing really, like, even in that day and age when there was such a small percentage of the global population we have now, Jesus still did speak to very large crowds. Yeah. Uh, probably the largest crowd that Jesus spoke to, at least it's recorded in the Bible, is, uh, was when he fed the 5,000. The Bible says that there were, uh, were 5,000 men. Now, for every man, there's usually a woman. That's 10,000. Back in those days, for every man and woman, there was typically a child. Mm-hmm. For each of them, sometimes many more, yep. but let's just be conservative there and say that there was uh, two children for every two adults. 
So if there are 5,000 men, we're probably talking uh, at, at least 20,000 people that he preached mm -hmm. to at that one occasion. And that was, so that was a big crowd. Yeah. You know, that was a big crowd when you're talking about no microphones. Mm -hmm. You know, what Jesus often did is uh, he would, he, what people back before we had microphones, we know this from other preachers that would do this, is they would speak uh, with the wind behind their backs so that the wind would, the sound would be carried by the wind to the people. So mm -hmm. he would position himself that way. And also he would typically and often speak from a, um, a location that was where he may have been just on a boat standing in, in the ocean or in a, a, you know, some sort of body of water because the, water, the sound carries better coming in from the water to the people. Or if you're standing from a higher um, hill where you're going to be also having the, um, the sound travel like that. But in those days, a crowd of 20,000 people was, was really, it was a lot of people. Yes. But Jesus preached to that many people mm -hmm. without a microphone. And, and of course, he fed them all that day too. But if you think about it, you know, Jesus, he never went outside the nation of Israel and its surrounding areas. Uh, he only preached for three years. But <clears throat> the number of people that Jesus reached at his largest crusade meeting, you might say, was probably 20,000 people. Yeah. Well, at our meetings, we've, we regularly, uh, many, many crusades, we have uh, at least 20,000 people show up for our crusade meetings at one meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's just one meeting during, throughout an ent entire week of meetings. We've had many crowds much bigger than 20,000 people yep. attend. And, of course, in these countries that we preach in, in Asia, Africa, and the Middle East, they're, they're, not, you know, they're not sitting on comfortable chairs. They're, just right. on, they're standing or they're on mats uh, sitting on the ground. <clears throat> Sometimes they're hanging from trees, you know, trying to get a, <laughs> a good view, yeah. like Zacchaeus did back in the Bible days. But the place is packed with people eager to hear about Jesus. Yeah. And uh, so we have a world now, Josh, where, where it's teeming with people. Yeah. So the population of people that we can preach to is so much greater. What do you have to say about that? Well, certainly it is. And, you know, not only is um, the population greater, but the ability... You know, even if there even if there were seven billion people in Jesus's day, he could have preached crowds more than twenty thousand because the human voice can't do that. Technology right. now allows <laughs> us. I mean, there are you know Reinhard Bonnke, who is sort of the greatest example of a crusade evangelist. He is a hero and a mentor to so many of us doing it now. You know, his crusades. He's had. You know, millions of people yeah. in one night listening mm -hmm. to his message. Jesus didn't speak to a million people in his whole life of ministry. That's right. And, and yet here, Bonky's able to do this. Well, why? Obviously the population, but in addition to that, because we have sound systems, because we have TV screens where literally, you know, they, they can't even maybe see him on the stage because they're so far back, but they can still hear him because of the microphones. They can still see him on, on a video screen. So... Um, absolutely. The ability that we have now to speak to the amount of people um, that there are is just phenomenal and is something that Jesus never had access to. And certainly uh, we, are, we are blessed to live in this day and age where we can minister to so many people. You know, it goes beyond even face-to-face -face ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> I was just on a Zoom call recently with the CEO of 
uh, a, the, the world's largest uh, online ministry, evangelistic ministry. And since 2004, they have, had, they have now had over 2 billion people visit their websites globally. Wow. We're talking about 30% of the world's population has actually visited this ministry's websites at some time and have been exposed to the gospel of Jesus through mm. those ministries. Mm. You're talking about uh, like incredible numbers of people out there. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and even, you know, with us, what we've done during the lockdown is we've uh, we filmed season one of our evangelistic television program, Good News for You. Mm -hmm. And now it's being shown six times a week, three of them in prime time, in a Christian TV channel in Pakistan and it's beamed to over 70 nations around Pakistan. In uh, the language of the nation of Pakistan, which many other people understand over there too. And Pakistan is a country of 200 million people. And many of the homes in Pakistan are able to access our TV program and be saved mm -hmm. as they watch it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, face-to-face -face ministry, yes, we can impact many more people than Jesus did. But also through these other forms of technology, Josh. Yeah. So it's an incredible world we live in. Duration, location, yeah. population. In these three ways, Jesus obviously is right, like he always was. We can do greater things than he during this period of incredible time we live in. Well, these are great points, Dad, and we really appreciate you sharing uh, them with us. And may this be an encouragement to all of you who are listening. Uh, this is not something we cannot do on our own, of course. But it is by the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us. But rest mm -hmm. assured that Jesus' statement is certainly not just possible, but should be the expectation for all believers. Hallelujah. That Jesus has called us not only to match his works, but to do greater oh. works than him because he is going to the Father, which means he is sending us the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of all believers. And because of the location, because of the duration, because of the population, and most of all because of the Holy Spirit— we are able to do greater works than Jesus. So we praise God for that, and we look forward to hearing how he is going to do those great works in your life as well. We thank you for listening to the podcast today. Again, if you're interested in the book, go. Please look it up on Amazon or at our website, wagerministries.org. And if you need prayer for anything, please let us know at prayer at wagerministries.org. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. For more information regarding Wagner Ministries International, go to wagnerministries.org. And if you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at wagnerministries.org. God bless.